0: This is the Video Jumpyard Podcast. Here, here. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Well, hello.
1: In this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. It's
0: time. And welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junk Air Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. With me as always, my good friend and co-host, Eric Branson. How's it going, man?
1: It is going. I'm good. Just, uh, summer has not stopped being busy, so we've been running around just got back from another short vacation and uh now we're gearing up to get ready for the school year already so it's nice. over Almost. yeah
0: <laughs> yeah it's I, i'm <laughs> so. i'm back from my last field excursion and now realizing oh shit i need to get syllabi together and lab manuals together and start thinking mm-hmm. about next month and a lot of stuff still to do in the in the meantime um but, uh, yeah, and so we took a little bit of a break, uh, in between, because people were traveling and stuff, so... Yeah. And now we're back, so... <laughs> have you so watched anything... The... I was gonna say, have you watched anything, uh, interesting lately?
1: Um, we watched the first half, and I know the second half of it is out now, but the first half of the third season of The Witcher, which I've been enjoying. That's a series, to me, I feel like it's just, just continually gotten better, um the first season although perfectly good I, I i felt like there was a few stumbles in some of the way they presented it or the way they put the stuff yeah it's a it sequencing kind of, thing they was, decided to be put it out of order for no yeah. good reason so um besides maybe to just get a more interesting pilot i don't know what they were doing but anyway um Third season so far so good. Uh, I I plan to finish that as soon
0: as possible. Um, yeah, we just finished it the other night, so I'll withhold comments and yeah, discussion yeah. until you finished it. So yeah.
1: What else have we? I've been wanting to get to the the movie theater and see some of the hundreds of movies people are talking about, um, but I have not.
0: And really, just the, the big two, I guess. The you know, Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yeah. Yeah. We we went as I mentioned uh, before we recorded. We went. My wife and I went and saw uh, Talk to Me the other day um right for like a, yeah. a matinee and we both gave it a, like a c plus it's not bad yeah. but it's it's i mean i i'll give it a c plus because i like to support the australian film industry <laughs> just because we've talked about them on the show so many times right right but and, and it is it's not a bad film it just there were some story elements that didn't really work for me but the performances are very good and i think it's a good teen thriller i think it'd be good for a modern generation of, of teens but for old fogies like myself that grew up watching, <laughs> in my opinion, better films, I had to do better, little teen, little horror movies, better yeah. teen horror movies, better teen horror movies because <laughs> the best ones were obviously when I was a teen, yes, yeah. All the best obviously. movies are from my youth, of course, so but uh, but tonight we're actually going to be uh, visiting a film that gosh, I haven't seen probably since around the time it came out. Um, oh, really, yeah, so it's it's been a while, and this was an audience pick, I think your wife Corey picked this one out so thank yeah you
1: it was uh yeah i think she picked a couple in a row here um for our audience picks
0: that is um but yeah city of god came from her as well so yeah, uh, yeah. so tonight we're going to be looking at the 1987 american biographical drama film la Bamba. in 1957 ricardo valenzuela had his family
1: it, his talent
0: and ball tonight the dream.
1: Rock and roll. Come on, baby, just
0: rock. Look at my Richie. He's shining like a star. I really dig your music, and I'd like to record it. oh, oh Richie, I'm so happy.
1: By 17, your professional. Richie Valance. he was a star. I love you, Donna. You know, I'm still gonna marry you one of these days. With three hits on the charts. Holly is lining up a plane to fly us on to Fargo tonight. Hey, come on, let's go. But
0: one tragic night in 1959, his star fell.
1: Not <laughs> This
0: summer, it rises again. <laughs> Columbia
1: Pictures presents La Bamba. <laughs> Legend of Richie
0: Valens, a true story, La Bamba. Bamba,
1: Bamba.
0: So directed by uh, Luis Valdez and really kind of the breakout role for Lou Diamond Phillips also stars, um, stars, excuse me, um, Sam Morales, Rosanna DeSoto, Elizabeth Pena, uh, Danielle Von Zernick, excuse me, and Joe Pantliano. Uh, it's mm-hmm. really the story of Richie Valen's rise to fame and tragic short-lived fame. Um, yeah. yeah. So what's your experience so, with, with this film?
1: Um, I feel like I remember seeing this as a kid at some point and not really being very interested in it. Um, it was, I think, <laughs> it being that my wife was the one that, that, that suggested it, I think we were maybe in college or something and I mentioned that I had never, not never seen it, but hadn't, didn't really remember LaBama. I was just like, oh, I love that movie. We have to track it down. And I think it was in the, those early days of Netflix where you got the CDs and the, ma- or the sure. DVDs in the mail. Because um, I remember getting this from, from that. And uh, yeah, so that was probably my first time I saw it. And um, I, or the first time I like paid atten- enough attention to it and I, I, don't know what i was expecting from it but i remember being a little um i was impressed with what was good about it that was kind of different from what i expected because i think we, this was the era where we were starting to see like biopic movies being like a big thing i like, yeah i think um the uh like johnny cash movie had just come out um and i don't know then just just a big snowball of all ray kinds of ray like, and stuff yeah yeah ray and yep yep and this is a little different, and we'll get into that a little more, but uh-huh. it, it's a little more down to earth movie than, than. Yeah, it's those much are. earlier. Like much earlier. I mean,
0: yeah. I, I think yeah. around this time, shortly after this, I believe, Oliver Stone came out with his Doors film. So yes, there, there yeah. was a little bit of this going on in the late 80s, early 90s as well with some of these kind of biopic movies but yeah then there was a, a big resurgence you're right in the early 2000s
1: right and i was really saying that was a re- like the time i was watching this yeah. i was also watching this other
0: stuff so it was an interesting comparison so so um i remember seeing this probably as soon as it came out on video or was on hbo we had a, a, a beta copy of it off of tv yeah. <laughs> yeah. um but i also remember having the soundtrack on cassette and that being played a lot mm-hmm. um Like that was that was a tape I wore out. So I also realized watching this film that my discomfort with the Johnny and Santos song "Sleepwalk" is entirely from this movie because this movie, yeah, because of this movie, (laughs) and it's not from the movie Sleepwalkers. It's this movie, Um, Uh. and I I was glad to rewatch this one because I remembered it as a kid, but I remembered scenes and this is a situation where now revisiting it probably, you know, 35 years later, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it in a, you know, or something like that, seeing it in a, you know, the full film and understanding what's going on at all, all levels of it. Um, yeah. Because the film opens with a, a pretty kind of disturbing sequence where it's a bunch of kids playing in a playground at a school and there's a plane crash, a, a, a collision yeah. And, and, which and which is based yeah. on a, a real thing that happened in the early nineteen fifties in California where there was a plane crash and, and actually some children did in fact die. And that was in fact the school that young Richie Valens was going to. He wasn't there that day because he was visiting his he was at his grandfather's funeral. But in the film you learn that one of his friends died in that. I'm not sure how accurate that is, but um, it, definitely it, it, it would have a, at the very least been true
1: that somebody, a schoolmate of his of some sort, sure. would have sure. been.
0: Yeah. But that also explains um, Valen's fear of flying. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which is Val- the, Valenzuela is his full name, of course. But, yeah, uh, which yeah. is the
1: ultimate irony, you know, being that... And hopefully yeah. hopefully that's not a spoiler for anybody because uh, should, yes. I think everybody's aware of... Uh, if you don't know who Richie Valens is, one of the three musicians killed in the the plane crash known to in, in history now as the day that the music died. So yep. Buddy Holly and uh, Richie Valens and the big bopper. Um, yeah
0: and the pilot, yeah. So yeah. it was... Uh, so you... you, you we're introduced to this movie with Richie waking up from this nightmare to kind of demonstrate that. Yeah. And establish that he has this, this reoccurring fear. Um, mm-hmm. but we, we see this 16 year old Mexican American boy working with his family at a, a, a farm as a farmhand essentially. Um, and then his brother shows up. So we, we meet Bob. <laughs> yep. It's bro- brother, Bob. Yep. Yeah. And Bob's Bob, a, Bob's a dick. <laughs>
1: motorcycle riding kind of 1950s greaser style uh rock and roll guy but he's a you know more into the party side of things yeah the music. he's fresh out
0: of jail so, yeah and he he surprises richie and his mom and meets another farmhand rosie and uh you know says hey wait i got some money i've been working and we're gonna get you out of here and so they move um to a house in Southern California. And then it picks up with Richie getting into high school there and kind of starting to find his, you know, he's doing typical teenage stuff. He meets a girl he likes and he's trying to play in a band. Yep. He tries to join a band and, yeah. I do want to point She's out it. that all of um, Lou Diamond Phillips' singing in this is actually, and all of the music that would be Valens and his band was from uh, Los Lobos. Which was yeah, that was their big, big introduction to, in, into the world of music too. I was well, hoping to, f- yeah, yeah,
1: I was hoping to find out why it was they chose to go, and I'm sure it's a rights, rights and uh, uh, royalties thing, but why they chose to go with having Los Lobos re-record all of the music rather than using Richie Valens'
0: music. Um, the the apparently the um, the uh, Venezuela family requested it. Okay. Yeah. They re- They requested Los Lobos to do the music for for that. They felt they could capture it better than just playing his. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe Lou Diamond Phillips didn't look as good lip syncing to yeah. <laughs> original Richie yeah. Allen's. But
1: I wondered if even like you know they something was tied up with the rights. and They're like, oh, we're not gonna be able to get Richie's actual music. You know. They could be. Like, oh well, I you know. Yeah. We it, like, could, it, yeah it could whatever. be. But um, uh, it's just an interesting yeah. choice when when, when in a, you know, movie about this character that they don't use any of his music, and I, I would think from a filmmaking perspective that 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 probably wasn't the choice, or the, was it wasn't the ideal situation that the filmmakers wanted? I, I don't think they would have entered into this project, you know, saying we're going to make a Ritchie Valens movie and not use any of his music. But uh, yeah,
0: well, I think everybody is covered. I mean, because they have um, what was it Robbie Cochran later on in the movie eddie cochran excuse yeah me. Um, eddie cochran's played who's, who's by brian setzer. brian setzer which is kind of cool yeah, <laughs> yeah. i totally yeah. didn't even realize that um and you know i think a couple weeks ago we reviewed um the movie dolls and yeah. we yeah. briefly mentioned you know stephen lee stephen who was in lee. that and we, we mentioned yeah here he is again he plays the big bopper later on in the movie and we'll talk about that more but this is kind of neat yep. for for a casting thing and bringing it full circle um, yeah,
1: it's cool that yeah. they used, you know, real other, like, current musicians at the time when this was made to play some of the uh, the celebrities, like Brian Setzer playing Eddie Cochran. Uh, I'm not familiar with Howard Huntsbury uh, who played Jackie Wilson in the movie, but uh, Marshall yeah. Crenshaw plays Buddy
0: Holly. Yep. So, yeah. But, yeah, and, and those, uh, and so you're really seeing this kind of cool late 50s, you know, music scene it, it's just interesting compared to today, where you know, small bands would just put on a dance in a driveway, and they yep. they play and yeah. The first band that Richie finds himself self self in, excuse me, is the Silhouettes, um, another um, Chicano band, um, and the the lead of that is kind of a jerk to him as well. Can't mm. sing worth a damn.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, and right away he's threatened by, yeah, by Richie because. Um, yeah,
0: his, he's his very talent talented and, his, yeah.
1: right. and he yeah. can sing <laughs> and he can sing really well too yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: so they uh, they they do a show and they don't let Richie sing and it's kind of a bummer uh, but mm-hmm. then his his family helps him out in starting a new you know new show and it, it features Richie because they pretty much oust the other guy um, but what's interesting too is during the background here you've got this relationship with the brother Bob yeah who and you you get really loves his his brother. He he wants Richie to succeed. He doesn't want to mess him up. But he's also jealous.
1: Yeah. He's Bob and I think this is the strength of this movie. The 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 story of Richie Valens is interesting. I mean, it's interesting from a historical standpoint cuz here's a guy that was just on the brink of breaking out to being one of the biggest yeah. sensations. Like he had two number I think three number one hits like right in a row. Mm-hmm. And then bang, it's over, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um and so that that historically is interesting. I think the thing that's interesting about this approach that the um, that Luis Valdez uses in his script and in, in his direction is that he focuses a lot on Richie Valens' Family and kind of like the, the his support system, the people around him, and um, his mother um, Connie and her situation, and you know Bob and the, the relationship with Bob is really kind of the crux of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that that's, it ends with a kind of a crescendo on that yeah. relationship as well. So um, and yeah, Bob Bob's difficult. Bob's obviously an alcoholic, <laughs> and he doesn't make the best choices, but i think even as, as as somebody watching the film you you can't quite get to the point of hating him because you do there are you know you do see that he's got a legitimate big brother kind of outlook for for richie as well um and as as much of a creep as he especially to, to rosie <laughs> throughout the movie yeah. um yeah, i don't know you, you there's a it's a complex like there's good characters here it's not just kind of a lot of the, the biopic movies and why they're not my favorite thing in the world is as well as well as they recreate you know the music and the look and the is they often are just like to excuse the music reference but greatest hits of somebody's life like mm-hmm. um they'll just be like oh here's this you know it's a timeline like here's this major event or concert thing that happened and here's this that happened we'll we'll paint some stuff in between but that's kind of just a timeline uh, yeah. does, you don't you don't learn much about somebody um, that you don't already know. It's just kind of this dramatic retelling, and this one I think is just is, is a story about a family. Um, yeah. The the Richie Valens thing and the rock and roll rock star stuff kind of falls to the background a little bit, and I think yep. that's kind of what it well, a lot what, what most of its strengths come from. So. I
0: I would agree. I think the the relationship between him and his brother and this very tense thing because you see Bob trying to do some good things and then he messes it up he, he's got some really disturbing lines too where you know he's he's incredibly abusive and, and terrible to his girlfriend rosie who's pregnant with his baby he makes the comment hmm. about like i don't need to be around because and i should mention too that they're half brothers um yeah but yep. he mentions like my dad wasn't around so why should i be around and he even makes a comment at one point talking about, like, trying to have sex with his girlfriend. He's like, oh, I have to rape her damn near to do it. And it's like, ugh, that's not cool, man. Yeah. And Richie doesn't support that. He's like, you got to figure this out. Like, that's his oh, exact Rick- words. you got to figure it out, man. Richie's very frustrated with
1: him Yeah. most of the time. <laughs> like, it's... Especially right. because he. you get the impression that he, he and Rosie kind of had a thing prior to Bob showing up. Like, there's some jealousy yeah. right
0: off the bat there, so... Yeah. Uh... Um, but at one point, Bob tries to become an artist, and you know he he starts showing some promise in that. He wins a contest, and you know gets some free lessons. And you see Richie really trying to hype that up. Like he's tr- he's really a good kid. He's trying not to gloat and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but it's just not really enough for Bob. He doesn't he doesn't feel like he's you know, he feels like he's in his little brother's shadow. And yep. yeah. Yeah he's already when he feels there's already some resentment from the get-go because he
1: you know is living his life and then he's in prison for a while or whatever and and and, um richie's already the child from the established relationship the loving relationship that his mother had with the, the stepdad steve who it would have been bob's stepdad um where his his situation was he you know his dad was never in the picture so he always kind of looks at Richie as the favorite already, and then when Richie becomes, you know, a national phenomenon, it, it doesn't help that yeah. that jealousy yeah. and that yeah. But
0: it's a it's a Bob's an interesting character because just you know, he has his flaws. He is not a nice guy, he's a dick, but you can tell yeah. he cares about his brother and he's conflicted, like he's wrestling with his jealousy but also his love for his family. Like you, you get that there. It it comes through. Um,
1: yeah it's it's actually quite a good performance by uh, Issa Morales yeah and, um and and perhaps more more even nuanced than uh than the lead performance in this movie and not that I mean, blue Diamond Phillips gives a lot to to this character as well but um yeah I think I think it's that that relationship the two of them and, and the way that you know the, the actors respectively is kind of what makes this
0: what it is <laughs> a memorable film so yeah yeah absolutely um and uh, the we mentioned a little bit about like the you know the like los lobos is, is doing the music the lip syncing i mean that's it's, it's <laughs> is, definitely a thing that's present it it's not as convincing that when lou diamond Phillips starts playing guitar and singing that those are like the, the sound coming out of his mouth the guitar playing yeah. i could buy like, yeah, it, he looks
1: like he's playing. It's faked well enough. If he's yeah. not playing, he at least has an idea of what it you know, what playing looks like or how you play a guitar. Right. I have seen things worse than that where it looks like someone's never touched a guitar before and all of a sudden they're pretending they're playing it. But right. um but yeah, the the lip syncing which which is another reason I, I don't have any of the uh you know, I don't have that information of why not Richie Valens' music, but I almost kind of wondered when if maybe they had used it or had intended on using it, and there was a reason that they couldn't, and then they had to have somebody record the music again, yeah. and that kind of you know messes all of that up. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, without solving that mystery, but yeah, the, the lip-syncing is a little rough at points, and um, I don't know if, you know, some, some people's singing voice doesn't really match their speaking voice perfectly, but yeah, I, I feel like there is a little bit of a disconnect from the way lou diamond phillips speaks and the the singing voice that he has so
0: yeah it's it's definitely it it, you can tell there's been some you know editing there but i also have to remember that's uh, you know for the times there's you know that was a a skill i'm sure that was going to improve over time uh with filmmaking and and by today's standards they could probably do it better but um i mean the the music itself is very good uh, yeah, I think they do a, a good, great job with all of these tunes. They do, you know, yeah. Um, and being familiar with both Donna, the originals
1: Aldo. and these versions from the Labamba soundtrack, um, yeah. I mean, I think they're 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 good, competent covers of these songs. So, yeah. in fact, perhaps more professional sounding recordings than than a couple of the original hits.
0: So, and and it's it was nice to see, you know, looking back at the late '80s that this this brought a band like los lobos you know onto the charts and stuff like that because it's Mm -hmm. very well done um would it have been cool if the original richie valens and big bopper and buddy holly tunes also climbed the charts at that time too yeah it would have been nice but i understand you know they had to kind of even intensify it rock it up a little bit more for 87 makes sense right yeah um but uh so yeah richie's catching attention and at one of his gigs that he puts his family helps him put together he meets uh bob Keane, played by joe Pantoliano, who is the president of delphi records in hollywood and he right away sees you know the appeal in in richie's playing yeah and and
1: one thing that i i find funny about this movie when i when i've seen it the couple of times is they they mention over and over again that richie valens as you were, um as he comes to be known has a look about him like he's, he's not only is he a talented guitar player a talented singer but um has has a certain look about him uh you buy it totally in this movie because lou diamond phillips certainly has a certain look about him uh then you know go go google a picture of what richie valens really looked like and i'm he doesn't quite have the same like boyish good looks that um
0: uh, some of the earlier David photos does. i can so, see the like, connection in some of the earlier pictures i yeah. mean they do i think they do a fairly good job in this with the they, casting of some of these like they do was, okay they look
1: vaguely like they look similar like it's not a total but yeah he's I don't think Richie Valens was quite as naturally of a good-looking guy as Lou Diamond Phillips is. So I was um, surprised how done. much um, Brian Setzer looked like Eddie Cochran. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good, uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty good
0: casting. That there, was surprising, some. but I mean, I I I commend them for bringing in an actor of color to play this. Obviously, yeah, um, yeah, and absolutely. you know somebody who who has a relationship with with the the source, but. Um, yeah, I, I thought overall they did a pretty good job of kind of introducing a lot of the other music at the time. Um, and, and Joe Pantley is great, as he always is in like, mm. everything. Um, yeah, keen the, on those. the real
1: Richie Valens, I guess is what I'm going for. Not, not that this is an, uh, an ugly man or a weird, strange-looking man at any point, but um, he was, you know, 17, 18 years old. When he had his short-lived career, yeah, uh, I always see pictures of Richie Valens, and except for like the one they use on his Wikipedia page, like he looks like forty in most of his pictures. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know it's really it's really <laughs> it's odd. Older. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, anyway, but no, he was seventeen, but, which is just terrifying yeah. and incredible. But, um, yeah. so yeah, his his music starts reaching up the charts, and he's got this kind of a stra- I, I want to say strained relationship with his high school sweetheart Donna. Because her father doesn't want her dating him. Um, Yeah, mostly strained because of racist dad. But yeah, but when they when he tries to put an end to their relationship, he writes his hit Donna um, Mm -hmm. and we belong together and stuff. So you know, it's it's cute to see in the film that his relationship with Donna is what's inspiring a lot of his hits. Right. You know. Yep. And that, that's that's a night a, a nice kind of uh, transition in the, they show, uh, and then and, and one evening they go down to Tijuana. Bob and Richie go down to Tijuana and things get weird.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, Bob has this thing in his head that uh, when he's
1: pining, you know, Richie is pining over Donna. That oh, like Richie's acted acted like a sissy or whatever, and he just does, needs to go get laid and get this out of his system. Right. Like that's uh, and so yeah, it drags him down to Tijuana where he, it ends up. uh Instead of just getting him laid, he ends up getting him really drunk, and they end up with a uh, like a medicine man <laughs> kind of having a having their own Jim Morrison moment.
0: Yep. In the, yeah, yeah, in, in Tijuana. So I do want to point out that in the brothel, the band that's playing is actually Los Lobos. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's when he when he hears La Bamba and thinks about turning it into a rock song, which is yep. cool. So it, it's a an inspirational trip. But yeah, he he wakes up with this medicine man and he's got this talisman around his neck that's supposed to keep him safe from his Mm -hmm. fear of flying yeah
1: all of that stuff and we maybe we'll maybe we'll leave it till the end and kind of work backwards with it but they 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 nicely placed a bunch of little a little things that in real life were were interesting um coincidences or something but makes the story interesting the fact that richie valens really did have a fear of flying um and yeah the the I'm not sure if the talisman thing's true. I imagine it's gotta have some basis in truth because it's here, but Yeah. Um but yeah, so so this good luck talisman that he receives from Bob's medicine man that he's to you on a El Carondo, um, excuse me. Yeah, he's he wearing it and he really like that's when he really starts exploding his career mm-hmm. is go off the charts. He starts touring around with all of the the big the big names in rock and roll at the time and um it he and bob have a when he comes home off of a tour have a a falling out and have a fight and it gets broken and pulled off of his neck and and bob yeah. hangs on to it keeps it so that he jets off him to do the clear lake Iowa show yep. um and of course yeah that, we know what happens after that so um yeah, yeah it, it's kind of a bunch of interesting stuff that they they build around you know his 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 experience as a child his fear of flying the the, the good luck charm you know the falling out with his brother like a, right. all this kind of stuff that builds up to it it's,
0: and he, he's not feeling well the night of that show he calls his brother and tries to make amends they have plans on meeting up in new york or something and you like know. All, and all of that
1: stuff is i think a hundred percent yeah i mean obviously i don't know what they said on the phone but all that stuff is fairly factual
0: yeah and plays this hit show um buddy holly big bopper and then the tour bus breaks down right like there's something wrong. yeah with it. the
1: tour bus had been breaking down i guess and they were um especially buddy holly who was you know just a huge star at that yeah. point um got got a little bit out of shape that the you know the label or whoever was paying for the tour bus was having them drive around the the heater was broken it wasn't even Mm -hmm. that it was broken down it just it was freezing cold it was winter and they didn't have a heater uh so buddy holly decided he's gonna charter a plane that night um they're gonna get the the van fixed i'm pretty sure in real life it made him look really like happy-go-lucky here i'm pretty sure in real life he kind of put his foot down like i'm not riding in that Broken ass yeah. tour bus. I'm I'm chartering a plane and you guys are fixing it. Um. And yeah, the 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 coin toss thing is also true. Like he flipped yeah. a coin. Uh, one one guy or Richie and this other dude were gonna be the third person on the plane. And Richie won the coin toss and got on it. So yeah. the other guy got on the bus and probably lived to be an old man. So it's like. Yeah, one of those and, things. Like,
0: yeah, I I don't know much about what happened to the plane or what kind of mechanical failure it had, but you know, I
1: think it was a, a pilot failure. I think they okay. flew into a snowstorm. They probably should probably because you you remember the the Eric the pilot story that Henry Rollins yep. tells. Yeah, I imagine that's kind of this situation. You got this little Iowa airport. Buddy Holly shows up got a charter a plane you probably got happy-go-lucky guy like hell yeah I'm gonna get you you know I'll basically you the, direct, the pilot situation yeah and uh it um yeah I think that's they they flew into unsafe conditions like into a blizzard and the little
0: plane just wasn't yeah couldn't take uh, it yeah. just went down yeah and so yeah they went down and yeah it, it, and it really I mean even more I don't. I don't want to say even more tragic, but the fact that Valens was so young and such an up and comer. I mean, of, of course, Buddy Holly, right. Big Bopper. But uh, he was following those
1: footsteps. Yeah, yeah, following the footsteps of Buddy Holly. Just the the amount of hits that in the couple years to both their the couple years mm-hmm. of Buddy Holly's career, like his when he was a really big star, and then the like few months that Richie Valens was really a big star. Just the amount of like chart toppers that they were churning out. Like these guys would have been, you know. Elvis famous. Oh yeah. By the time, no by the, doubt. yeah. If had it not been cut
0: short, yeah, then. yeah. So we get the the scene the next morning. Bob's underneath his car fixing it, and Richie's mom is Connie is doing laundry, and he hears on the radio. Bob hears that know, plane went down and that these three musicians were killed, and they read off the name Richie Valens, and he's he's kind of in disbelief and rushes over to. Try to see Connie before she hears it, and unfortunately, she has already heard it. Hmm. So it, it's, it's a, and that's when they start playing Sleepwalk once again, and that's where yeah. my, you know, association with that being absolutely horrific comes from. <laughs> um, I still can't hear that song without just feeling this general sense of malaise. Like, um, oh, no, really? It's just sad. I, yeah, it's a beautiful song. It's a, it a is, beautiful yeah, piece, I like it, but, but every time I hear it, I think of the feeling I got as a kid watching this movie and just like, oh, this is sad. yeah um, they, they,
1: they set yeah. it up very nicely, so it does work. I mean, we all know what's going to happen. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like seeing a movie, like, anyone not going to be shocked by the ending here, but um, they do a good job of setting everything up. But, you know, the relationships and the fact that it is more of a character piece and also, like we said, they, they built in on all this stuff, the coincidences and all the stuff that kind of goes into getting him on that plane and... yeah. Um, yeah it's a bit of a gut punch it's it actually works so. so yeah
0: it still is a gut punch to this day for me i mean it it's it's unfortunate not just obviously what happened but he was so damn good richie Valm, he was yeah six, he was incredibly good and so quick you know it, it's it is it's I I feel it's weird. Like as a kid, I even picked up on that. Like that, this yeah. was one of my first introductions to this type of concept. It was kind of horrific as a child.
1: Yeah. Well, and that you know, just the tragedy of that. That you know, what what did the world lose? And also being being a, a you know a Mexican American yeah. uh, star in the late nineteen fifties, like that's a big deal like I mean, oh, he's, he's, absolutely he's, uh, not that he's not a trailblazer because he already had accomplished that but a man, you know unfortunately we, we didn't see the rest of what he might accomplish, have accomplished
0: right. it's definitely I mean, yeah i would agree it's definitely a case of what if like if he would yeah. have survived i think there would have been i mean it, it could have truly changed a lot not just in music but in culture in america yeah you know yeah. if you look at how hip-hop upon rising to mainstream had an impact for better or worse but you know it definitely I would say better for the most part um yeah but know, it definitely the influenced the entire it, society it like influenced yeah. totally influenced society I mean it I don't know it's it's hard to say but it's yeah it, it, this, this movie is always a gut punch it was interesting revisiting it like all these years later and be like yep I don't remember 90 percent of this movie, but it still is a kick to the nuts every yeah. time I see it. But yeah, kind of like if those
1: guys survived, like especially Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, like would that style yeah. of like rockabilly really have taken over the world, like the way it looked like it was going to, just with like yeah. you know, chart topper after chart topper. But. Yeah,
0: yeah. And again, the soundtrack was something I grew up listening to a lot. I remember having this on cassette. Like my mom bought it or something, and she listen because my mm-hmm. parents like, especially my mom, really liked to listen to this era of music a lot, um, like fifties and sixties, the doo wop stuff. Yeah. I listened to a lot of that with her. My dad was yeah. more like classic rock, but this, um, yeah, this one, this soundtrack and a couple other like hits of the fifties, oldies kind of a thing. I used to listen to a lot as a kid, so I remember so, yeah, wearing this here. tape damn near out and not realizing until years later that I wasn't actually listening to Richie Valens. I was listening to Los Lobos. Los Lobos yeah. Uh, Which yeah, is fine. It's, They're it's, great. His but... songs, his songs. Yeah. His um, songs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Same, same here. I get, but I have a connection to it a little bit because I grew up listening to this stuff too. This was my, my, my dad is, is old even for my age. Like he's a, mm-hmm. so this was his music. I mean, this was the stuff when he was in high school and college. I mean, the fifties rock stuff, um, so, that's what he grew up playing for, or that's what he played for us growing up. So, I, I grew up listening to a lot of the, the 50s stuff, especially, um he's a... Uh, not really a deep diver, but especially like you know, uh, I remember the Stand By Me soundtrack was something that constantly was playing, yep. and, and yeah, some of those like collections, like greatest
0: hits of the '50s and stuff like. Well, um, and I'll even do a shout out to the Rockford, Illinois radio station ninety five point three, which played when when I was a kid. Oldies was this stuff, yeah, and then yeah. I mean I listen to it now, and it's '80s. You might get something as current <laughs> as
1: it's current as early Beatles on there, but yeah, that yeah. was about yeah.
0: So, and I think nowadays it's it's much more updated, but because game yeah, keep sure. Though it's funny, every now and then I'll still see like something referencing like oldies, and it's this era. So you know, just like classic yeah. rock has its own. I know if you go into
1: Spotify and you you get like a golden oldies station, it's still going to be this era of music, right? Yeah, it's still, I, I, it's just I know some that. of the quote unquote oldies stations now have started playing nineties music and whatever,
0: but um, yeah, I'm not ready for that. Yeah. I'm not exactly. ready to accept that and admit that. But for
1: some reason that term, the oldies, always goes back to fifties rock and roll for me. Like that's that's what I think of. If you if you use that term, that's where my brain's gonna
0: go. Well, and I, I it's also kinda cool just to backtrack a little bit when he first plays in like a honky tonk bar early on in the film. His mom sets mm-hmm. him up in like this country western bar and he plays Buddy Holly. You know? Yep. And it, it works. Like that, you can still trace rock music, at least, back to that and Elvis and the blues and stuff like that, and, and see where this kind of rockabilly is coming from and all these little subgenres of rock. That's one of the, the cool things I think about. Not that you can't do that with other music, but with rock, it's there's a very distinct kind of evolution of the music. Yeah. And this is a, a turning point was around this time was buddy holly and richie valens and the big bopper you know chantilly Lace is still a great fucking dude
1: (laughs) yeah he he's a little more of a novelty act yeah not that it's not that it's any less sad that he died in a plane crash obviously but like yeah he was uh a little different Yeah, yeah i mean that's a fun one i mean it's that's a good way of wording it as a novelty act yeah a lot of the big bopper stuff was but because i think he was a dj right like a radio dj and uh had just had a very distinct voice and then you know whoever's idea was to have him record some songs uh he got some got a couple of major hits up the charts and found himself touring and unfortunately found himself on the wrong airplane so
0: did wolfman jack ever record anything
1: I mean, other than his show, but... if he ever I think he's a featured artist on some stuff, but he just does his, his bit, like his voice. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't know if he ever did any music himself.
0: Not that I know of. Not that I know everything about Wolfman Jack, but... Um, That's an unfortunate uh, thing. I mean, it, it's just the way things go, but we don't have... We don't really have DJs like that anymore. Like, Wolfman Jack was a thing. I mean, it was before our time, yeah. obviously, but... We'd, I mean, the closest maybe would be like podcasters now, but
1: yeah, and, and not. I don't one, even know but. many podcast. <laughs> yeah, many podcasts that like play music that way because of the you know you'd have to pay royalties and then right. such like a radio station does to do that. But um, for the personality, like is yeah. Joe
0: Rogan the new Wolfman Jack?
1: Oh God, no! I hope not. <laughs> Alice Cooper maybe. Yeah, and Alice Cooper's got you know, a good you know not that I, I don't i don't subscribe to serious radio so i don't hear it
0: very often but i have heard his radio show and he's yeah, yeah he's got a good music show i think the people like howard stern kind of took over the radio show thing and you know it became a talk show rather than music but yeah you know it kind of that would howard be the next stern's generation. always
1: held music very close though he's still yeah it is yeah and his but and i know he got known for a lot of other things too which whatever but i think he he always kept music as as a part yeah. of all of that yeah so yeah anyway so. yeah um yeah i didn't one other thing i want to talk about about we we're talking about breaking barriers and such with richie valens is what you mentioned the moment in tijuana where he sees the band play la bamba and he's, he's kind of standing there in front of the stage with his guitar kind of cloning it and learning how to play it then he takes it back to bob keen and says i want to do this song and he's like you're crazy like you can't first of all uh it's a mexican song it's all in spanish Um, you don't even speak spanish richie wasn't a spanish speaker he grew up in the united states so um and just like him pushing for that song like he's like no i know this is gonna be a big a big hit and um yeah just just how unique that is as a hit yeah i mean it you you know thinking about your greatest hits of the 50s tapes or whatever was around when we were little kids like there wasn't any other spanish language song that was it no that was the one and and Everybody knew La Bamba, and you probably knew all the words to it, even if you didn't understand what they meant necessarily.
0: Yeah, like so. or you were mispronouncing it, but still, you knew you knew right. how to word it. Like the only the thing I can think that. of that comes after is like Feliz Navidad, and that's only half in Spanish. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, but yeah, it it was decades, I probably later until we had. I, I don't know if somebody's listening. I mean, even now, that's fine, but even now it's rare
1: for i think in this country for a fully spanish language song to break the billboard i mean maybe in the past 10 years we've seen more but yeah 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 i mean throughout our entirety growing up how many times do you remember a spanish language song being
0: a major hit like not a couple when... times maybe i mean yeah there's very few but yeah you know, know and and i don't know i I think I, I want to be cautious not to project too much like Richie Valens would have been famous for the rest of his old age life or no, something like I mean, that. No, there's he just have... as
1: much likelihood that he would, those were his hits and then he would have faded into and obscurity. It could have as been. Well, it
0: but, could have you know. been, but there was an incredible cool. amount of talent there and definitely mm-hmm. I agree breaking some barriers with doing stuff like that, taking some risks. Um but he had the skill and the talent to back it up, which was yeah. which yeah, is I impressive. So. so, yeah, um well, do you have any uh, final thoughts and a grade for Labamba? um i think i got most of most of what i wanted to say ab-
1: about it out to just i think it's a really i honestly think it's a really good movie because it's kind of a small movie it's not big and flashy right. and um it's it's more about you know his his family and and the relationships there and kind of the person who he was um and yeah so it's it, it straight it strengths are in that and then it doesn't try to be like a big ba- it doesn't try to be really rock and roll as as a film and that i don't know it's a good thing i think it was made on a, and i suppose i could look right, look at this but a relatively small budget even in 1987 6.5 million so yeah a relatively small budget um and i i feel like that shows but not in a bad way like it just it feels like this might this could have been a tv movie or something along those lines um but uh yeah it it's 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 actually a very good movie if you can uh you know remember this was 1987 and um i don't know who what most people knew about richie valens in 1987 because i i realize even among those of us watching it around that time if, if we saw it at that time um had parents who might have even been a bit too young sans my dad who's who's older but um for this like this was already you know before our parents time um so i'm not sure what in 87 what people knew about it but i think it us the story well, effectively, and it pulls off it pulls off the ending, uh, giving you an emotional attachment to all of all of that. Even though we we know how it was gonna end from the get go, um, so yeah, I, I think this is, I, I was surprised how much I liked rewatching this movie. I kind of thought like not that I thought Bomba was bad, but it was kind of one that I was middle of the road on. Like I wasn't necessarily jumping up and down to watch it again, and um, I found it very enjoyable. So i think i'm gonna land at a like a a b plus on this one like it's maybe not an a movie for me um but yeah it's it's enjoyable and and i recommend it if you haven't
0: seen it and you have any interest in in you know classic music (laughs) so yeah i i think parents wise like my parents were probably not yet born i don't think they were born when when that happened but them being raised hearing about it is probably like how i was raised hearing about elvis you know Mm -hmm. like he died just a few years before i was born um so it's still going to be a a cultural phenomenon um so i can see why it came out when it did because you're still going to have people that remember it and they would have been probably in their 50s or 60s at the time um it is a very well-made film especially for its time there's a few scenes where you can tell like okay that motorcycle scene is definitely shot in front of a green screen or blue screen at the time Mm -hmm. stuff like that um but that was the, the the technical aspects of the time the performances are all really well done i think uh lou diamond phillips i can see how this really launched his career he's really quite good in this uh, the music is good, the dubbing is not quite as convincing, but uh, yeah. it's, it's an effective film. I think it tells an honest story about Richie Valens. Uh, but yeah, I agree, the, the family aspect is really so pinnacle to this story. Um, and I don't want to say like, oh, because you're 17, so obviously your family's important to you, because there's many people where it's not, but in his case it was. It was a huge part of his story with how supportive especially his mother was in in launching his career um and it, it showed a conflict with this brother that really brought the story to life i think so i'm actually going to land an a minus on this one i'm really glad to revisit it um like i said i haven't seen this since i was a really small child and <laughs> i only have these vague memories of a few scenes and it unlike many films i revisit after that long this one really holds up and i have a new appreciation for it so uh, but we would love to hear what any of our listeners think uh, about Labamba. you could send any of your questions comments criticisms or witticisms to the video at gmail.com you can also find us on twitter at the video at video junk pod excuse me and also on our facebook and instagram pages for the video Junker podcast if you write it we'll read it and we look forward to hearing from you and we hope you come back and join us again for more reviews on the Video Junkyard
1: Podcast uh, next week we're going to be doing the Schwarzenegger Danny DeVito uh, comedy film Twins uh, coming up in the near future also the monster movie The Relic another if you remember that relic uh, from the 90s and uh Yeah, I hope you come back and join us for that, or uh, feel free to peruse our over 250 other episodes. Maybe we've already covered your favorite lost film or guilty pleasure. If not, make sure and let us know what that is, and we'll make sure and do it sometime in the near future.
0: And we want to thank you once again for listening to the Video Junkier podcast, and we hope you will join us again. And until next time, I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson. Have a good evening.
1: On Twitter, at VideoJunkPod, and on Instagram as VideoJunkyardPodcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening, and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard.